Today on the show, I'm happy to have Yu Niao. She's the CEO of Sorlink. They create AI industrial machine condition monitoring tool. And we were just talking about you actually niche down to be working pretty heavily with food manufacturers. So exactly. what has experience been like? What, what we experienced that people who don't, who are not working in the industry don't know is the smell of the factory. So every customer we go to, it smells differently. For example, the factory I like the most is this cookie factory. It smells like cook, cookie. And when you go in, hundreds and thousands of cookies just coming out of conveyor. It's impressive. It, it smells good. Another place we, we have our sensors on are, is juice factory. They bottle beverages. And it smells very citrus, like smells like the men juice, even though they make all kinds of different juice. And it doesn't always smell very good. For example, a place we go to that you would say you wouldn't know is meat packaging, right? In this particular place, they make ham, they make pate, so they cook the meat, actually. You would think the factory smell like cooked meat, but that's only when you go to a rooftop where the air ventilation comes up and smell the, the, the pate, the good smell of pate. But inside the factory, it actually smells very much like detergent, bleach, and cleaning agent because it's very important to clean the floor, they clean the tools at least uh, a few hours. So that I, I think this fascinating how much the smell affects the way you perceive the, your, my customer, basically. What actually got you into doing predictive maintenance on the machinery? Because it's clearly a need in these large industrial plants. In my past experience, we work with smart sensors, small smart sensors. And I was also in the industry where we build wireless communication modules. And I think it's a conjuncture of different branch of technology that come together. First, you have the development of 5G connectivity. Now you can find it everywhere. Secondly, the wireless protocol, as well as the efficiency on the embedded computing power we have today. And thirdly is the AI development, of course. We have made so much progress in the past five years about AI models and the way we can use AI in different, different applications. And all three together makes the fact that a smart sensor aided with AI would be able to have much more insight in the machineries that we didn't have before. Are you primarily focused in Canada or are you distributing globally? For now, it's in Canada. Yeah, a good practice for, for us is you have to first convince your neighbor to use the, your product before you can convince people from elsewhere. And it's, we, I'm from the suburb of uh, Montreal. There is a big market food production here. We have dairy production. We have, like I said, cookies and juice and bread and the microbreweries, all kinds of different food production, food and beverage production. Are you finding that when you approach these factories, they understand the value of bringing this AI predictive technology in? I would say it depends on where the company is. I can understand that for very small production, they don't, you don't need it because their machines are not used 100% of the time and they can take care of it pretty well. But in the big production line where everything is tuned to be 
to have to produce every minute. Otherwise, you'll be wasting food, you'll be wasting people's time, you'll be wasting the investment. In these settings, yes, people would understand that having machine that works all the time is critical to the efficiency and success of the company. Is this your first startup? Yes, it is. So what's the experience been? Are you glad you started your first company? I'm happy I took the leap. Of course, this happens during the pandemic where everybody was asking themselves what was like, we are questioning the choices we made previously. And in my case, I was in a place where I think all the other aspects of my life has been stable and have no problem in other aspects of my life. So I can afford to take the risk and take the chance to do this thing that's super risky that has not 100% chance of success, even less than 50%, I think. And it's a thrill. It's Every day is different. It goes up and down, really. Someday, it was super excited because you just signed new customers. But some other days, you may lose a customer that's not due to your own fault. For example, we lost a, custom, a big customer in February because of factory closing. And that was hard. It was hard on everybody. Also on my customer, like people who use our product, they lost their job, basically. And that was hard. Hard was hard. What keeps you going and pushing forward? I always go back to the fact that my very first customer until today, well, it's been a year and a half, is still happy about our product. I still want more about it. Every time we go there, they're always very pleasant. They care about what we do, how our product brings to what they have to do. And they've been every month needing more and more sensors to monitor their factories. So I always go back to that. And if somebody will tell me, are you sure you have a market for this? Are you sure you're doing the right thing? I think about my customer and I can answer, yes, I'm pretty sure. How did you actually find or develop this product? How do I develop the product? I do have some prior experience developing software, hardware, as well as just embedded, embedded sensor. I do have a co-founder who has been built, building smart sensors for the past 10 years. We used to monitor people in the sense that, that we built a wrist, something to touch the wrist, you monitor your activities, a lot like Fitbit and so on. But people are more complicated and there's privacy issues. As far as machines are concerned, they don't care about being monitored and they're more consistent. So I think that in that case, we can make a bigger impact. Is it actually a custom monitor needed for every type of machine? Every category of machine can use the same model. For example, a pump does not react the same thing as a ventilator, a, van, a fan, for example, a fan for your heating system. But every fan pretty much re reacts very similar. So we have to categorize the machines on different categories and the model will be based on how each machine is used. This is very interesting. It's a great business model because you're, if you can come in and solve problems and prevent machines from breaking down on a production line, it's like, why would a, any company not implement you? It makes complete sense. So if our listeners wanted to get in touch or reach out to learn more, how could they do so? There's our website, soralink.co, and you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm there pretty much every day. And you can reach, my, reach me directly through LinkedIn and our website. 
Well, thank you, Yoon, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.